Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Thank you, Father, that our eyes are open, Father, that we will see what you will have us to see, so we'll do what you would have us to do on tonight. We thank you, we praise you, and we thank you, God, that we all have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We will continue where we left off. I believe last week I was talking about... um, Last Tuesday, our emotions and how our emotions will affect us in prayer. And this is why we have to make sure that whatever is going on with us, we deal with it through the word of God so we will know what God is saying unto us. And it's good to keep our emotions under control. And the more we get to know him and go into his word, we can control our emotions through the word of God with the help of the Holy Spirit because he is our helper. What God had given me tonight, I was asking God a question on today. And I asked him, I said, God, I said, if um, you already know what we are in the need of, Before we ask, what is the purpose of us coming to you in prayer? And um, the Lord had already given me an answer before, but I knew in my heart sometimes people are wondering, if I have everything, why do I have to go to him? And God reminded me, he said, because I am your father and I love you. And when you have a father that loves you, you should um, be free enough to go to him to know that whatever you do ask him for, that you already have it. It's about the love of the father and us knowing the love of the father, just like earthly fathers. If I needed something, I shouldn't have a problem going to my earthly father and asking him for help. I know he already have it, but if I don't go to him and ask for what I know he would already give to me, how would he know I need it, right? How would he know that I can go to him and depend on him? And that's what the father is saying. He said, even though I know what you in the need of before you ask, he said, being that I am your father and I love you. And if you know that I love you, you don't mind coming to me and asking me for what you already know you have. Amen. So the teaching on tonight is going to be about knowing that you can come to the father in prayer. We have to know, first of all, that we can go to the Father. And this is not based on us. It's based on Jesus Christ. The enemy wants us to feel at times that we cannot go to him. He wants us to feel at times that we have to do something in order to get something from God. Or we have to make ourselves right even before we go into prayer. And that's not um, the way the Father wants us to see it. Go with me to Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. 
Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. And it reads, and I'm reading out the expanded Bible. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, who has gone into, ascended, or passed through heaven, or the heavens, let us hold on firmly to the faith we have, the confession and profession of our faith. For our high priest is able, for we for our high priest is able, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand, sympathize with our weaknesses. He was tempted in every way that we are, but he did not sin. Let us then feel very sure that we can come before, confidentially, approach God's throne where there is grace, where there is grace. There we can receive mercy and grace to help us when we need it. So in this scripture is letting us know that because of what Jesus done for us, we can approach the father. So it's not based on us. It's based on him. So if we take this scripture and we get it down in our heart, no matter what comes before us, no matter what we do, we still have access to the father, not because of us, but because of Jesus. See what the enemy want us to feel is condemnation. If he can get us to feel condemn, condemnation, that means that that condemnation makes us feel unworthy, meaning that we're not worthy enough to go to the Father. So what we try to do is make our own self worthy by praying more, by getting in the word more, by doing things that we think that God would notice and then God would hear us. That's not true. The enemy brings that con condemnation, making you feel guilty and wrong for things that you have done because he wants you to feel like you're worthless. He wants you to feel like you're not righteous. He wants you to feel like you, you were not justified. He wants you to feel like you can't go to the Father the way that you are or, or by, you know, anything you said or anything that you did. But that's not what God um, did for us, and that's not what he planned for us through Jesus Christ. Go with me to 1 John 5, 13 through 15. 1 John 5, 13 through 15, expanded Bible. 1 John 5, 13 through 15. He said, I write this letter. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so you will know you have eternal life. And this is the boldness, the confidence that we have in God's presence before God, that if we ask anything, if we ask God for anything that agrees with what he wants according to his will, he hear us. And if we know he hear us, Every time we ask him and whatever we ask, we know we have what we ask from him. Now, in, in this, um, these verse of scriptures is letting us know again that we can go to God in confidence with assurance. Why? Based on what Jesus done, not based on what we have done. We talked about the blockers that's in our lives that keeps us from getting to the father the way we need to get to the father. The blockers will block you, but it will not stop what God has already given to you or have already provided for you. It's already there. God's not going to take that back. But in order for us to hear God the way we need to hear him, we got to remove those blockers out of our way. But we still should have confidence, even when things are in our way, 
We should have confidence. We should have assurance to say, it's not about me. It's all about what Jesus done on my behalf. I have been made righteous because of him, not because of me. I have been put in right standing with him. He who knew no sin became sin for me so I could become the righteousness of God in him. So when we look at ourselves um, in Christ, we won't have a problem going to God in prayer. Sometimes we can feel so condemned by what we said or or what somebody said to us, we feel like God is not going to hear me. The devil is a liar. That's what he wants. He wants you to feel as if God is not going to hear you. This is why, again, it says, and this is the assurance that I have in him. Anything that I ask according to his will, he hears me. And if I know, it's a knowing. You got to know that um, God hears you outside of you. It's based on Jesus. It's not based on us because we are in Christ. Do not let nobody tell you if you are born again and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, you may mess up right in front of them, but do not let them tell you God can't hear you because you done messed up. No, God hears you because of Jesus, not because of you. We all um, mess up. We all sometimes do things that we should not do, but that don't stop God from hearing us. He said, if you call on me, I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things. We can call on him at any time. We can pray without ceasing outside of what we do or what we would ever do because of what Jesus have done on our behalf. When we go back to the book of Deuteronomy, um, 28, you know, those first verses, I believe is, uh, one through 14, maybe it talks about the blessings and it talks about what you have to do to get those blessings because of what Jesus done. The blessings are already ours. He has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In the Old Testament, they had to do something in order to get something. But we as believers that are born again, we don't have to do nothing to get anything. It came through Jesus. It does not come through us. So those curses um, after... um, 15 on out in Deuteronomy 28, those were the curses that they would get upon their lives if they did not hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord and obey all his commandments. That was introduced to them to let them know um, sin, to let them know the law. So the law is what revived sin, it's what made sin alive. People didn't know that they were sinning. They thought they were living every day the right way but when the law came sin revived and they died so they say they were alive before the law came isn't that something they're thinking that they're living a, a, a good life but when the law came it showed them that none of them could please God not even us so because of Jesus because of what he done on our behalf We can go to the throne boldly. And that's why we have to use in the name of Jesus. We don't use any other name because God looks to his son. He does not look to us. We are hidden in Christ. Our lives are hidden in Christ. So um, 
we have to remember those things when we're going into prayer because if things are happening in our lives and we're trying to do something to get something from God, then we don't realize who we are now that we're in Christ. We need to know our new identity, um, being in Christ. That's our new identity. So therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. Before I knew all of this, I remember when I would go into prayer, I would say, Father, forgive me for what I have done and even what I have not done. Come on, y'all. God already done forgave us for past, present, and future sins. And for one, if I lied, I knew I had already lied. So the only thing I do is say, God, I recognize the lie that I told today that I should not have told. But God, I'm recognizing this so the devil won't have no inroad into my life because you have already forgave me for that lie even before I lied. God is so good. When he forgive you for past, present, and future sins, God don't look at that no more. It's put into the sea of what? Forgetfulness. That means when we come to God and we got a list of everything that we've done, God said, what are you talking about? The reason why we repent, repent means to change your mind and, and go the other way, is because we acknowledge that to let the enemy know, you ain't going to have this on me. This is not going to get in the way of my fellowship with God because I know what God has already done. So we close those doors, but we don't keep harping on those things. Well, Lord, if I hadn't slept around, well, Lord, if I had did this or God, if I had done that, Lord, if I had not have cussed him out, maybe somebody will still like me. Maybe I won't be so rejected. Come on. Jesus paid the price for all of that. That's condemnation because the enemy wants to bring condemnation to keep us down, to keep us from being who we are now that we're in Christ. Another scripture is 1 John 3, 20 through 21. 1 John 3, 20 through 21. This is the way by this we know. We'll know perhaps in the future moment of a crisis that we belong to the way of truth. When our hearts, our conscience makes us feel guilty, condemns, convict us, we can still have peace before God. Our hearts can, our hearts can be reassured before him. God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. So this is what I was talking about. Even when we sin, our heart convicts us of that and we feel guilty and we feel wrong for that but guess who does not god god does not condemn us god does not make us feel guilty or wrong and some people um think this is god this is not god he do not condemn you he does not make you feel guilty or wrong that is your conscience convicting you the holy spirit he convicts you of righteousness He's going to let you know about who you are now that you're in Christ. You're right standing with him. But God does not condemn. He does not make you feel guilty or wrong. And it says that God is greater than our hearts. Why is God greater than that? Because he show us mercy. God shows us love. So he's greater than that. Then it goes on to say, 
God is greater than our hearts. He knows everything. My dear friends, if our heart do not make us feel guilty, condemn, convicts us, we can come without fear into the presence, have boldness, confidence in God. So what this is saying is when our heart convicts us, when we feel guilty, when we feel wrong, the enemy, he's coming into, I give you an example, let's say that you didn't read your Bible. Every day you read your Bible maybe for 10, 15 minutes a day. And all of a sudden you did not read that Bible. And the first thought that comes to your mind, see you haven't read your Bible so these things are going to happen to you. That's not God. That's the enemy trying to make you feel a certain way, trying to make you feel guilty. Because you didn't get into 15, you got into 5. God does not do that. He does not make you feel guilty or wrong. God is a God of love. The enemy will put that on you to try to make you try to do more. That's self-righteousness, to try to put yourself in right standing with God. Well, maybe if I had a read more, maybe if I was in prayer more, maybe if I would come to church more, maybe if I do this or maybe if I do that, all this wouldn't be happening to me. See, the enemy put those thoughts there to weigh you down, to make you feel worthless to make you feel like everybody gets the word except me everybody can quote the scripture they can tell you where that scripture is at but seem like I just can't catch on to it so you begin to feel guilty you begin to feel wrong but God does not do that that is the enemy so when you recognize that the enemy is doing that that's when you have to say no I am a new creature in Christ Jesus old things have passed away behold all things have been made new not because of me but because of what Jesus done the God loved me so much that he laid down his life for me he has already forgiven me of past present and future sins you have to remember who you are now that you're in him. When you remember who you are now that you're in him, it put um, light come in and it exposed that darkness. So that's why we have to know who we are. Do not let people, let's say you slip up and say a, a curse word or you cuss in front of somebody. Let's say it's your husband <laughs> and the husband say, oh, you ain't saved. Okay, what's happening? The husband the enemy is using the husband to say, oh, you ain't saved. If you were saved, you wouldn't have cursed me out. But that's when you got to be bold and say, I'm still who God says that I am. I'm still righteous, not because of me, but because of him. See, when you know these things, these things won't weigh you down and you won't feel guilty and say, oh, Lord, I shouldn't have cursed. I shouldn't have done this. And it's a lot of things you shouldn't have done. It's a lot of thoughts you have in your mind that ain't right, that you shouldn't be thinking about. But God already forgave you for those thoughts that you're thinking about. I guarantee you, if, well, this can happen, do not be fooled. And I, I know I'm saying this through the Holy Spirit. Do not be fooled. Men and women, married people, you can be thinking about another man or another woman in your mind, having lustful thoughts and thinking your wife or husband don't know. Don't play with the Holy Ghost. And then the enemy will come in and say, see, see how much you lusting? See what you're doing? See, see, you shouldn't be doing that stuff. And that guilt and that condemnation keep coming. It, oh, I'm going to go somewhere tonight because I'm, wait a minute. Somebody needed to hear that. Sometimes we think we don't get caught. But God knows all things. 
and the things that he know God would help us to get through those things because the things that you think about most is the things you end up doing before you know it. So this is why we have to cast down those imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Let me put this scripture in here to read it because some people think that they're okay because the price has been paid. And yes, you are okay because the price has been paid. But this is what the father is saying in 1 John 3. I had to back up a little bit. It says, the father has loved us so much. See what sort of love the father has given us that we are called the children of God. And we really are his children and we are. The reason the people in the world do, the world does not, wait a minute. The reason the people in the world do not know us is that they have not known him. I want y'all to pay attention to this because it's going to help somebody. Dear friends, now we are children of God and we have not yet been shown what we will be in the future. But we know that when Christ comes again, we will be like him because we will see him as he really is. And all who have this hope in Christ keep themselves pure, just as Christ is pure. The person who sins, commits sins, breaks God's law. Yes, sin is living against God's law. You know that Christ came to take away sins and that there is no sin in Christ. So anyone who lives in Christ does not go on sinning. Anyone who goes on sinning has never really understood Christ and has never known him. The reason I read that is because we can have all these thoughts in our head, in our mind. They can be lustful thoughts. They can be uh, sinful thoughts. Let's just say sinful thoughts in our mind. We may not be speaking them out. But if they're in your mind and you're not doing nothing with them, eventually you're going to end up doing what those thoughts are telling you in your mind. So that's why you have to get rid of those thoughts. Anything in your mind that don't bring glory to God, so it's be cast down and cast out. Because if you don't do that, you're going to end up committing an act sooner than later. If a man look at a woman long enough, he's going to commit an act if he don't get rid of that lust. If a woman look at a man long enough and don't do nothing with those thoughts, they're going to commit that act. Let's say they commit that act and they don't, you know, say, Lord, that was wrong. You repenting from it. You're not giving the devil any inroad in your life. Let's say you repent from it. But then you keep going back doing the same sin, repeating it over and over again. That's when you need to check yourself. Because, see, when we truly have the Holy Spirit, on the inside of us that's leading us, that's guiding us into all truth. What we need to do is saying, Lord, I need some help in that area. Does that stop God from not loving you? No. God is going to love you. His love, he proved his love for us. Even while we were yet sinners, he died for us. But the more we get to know him and be in fellowship with him because our relationship that we have for him, we don't want that stuff no more. This is why it is so many Christians that are committing acts outside of who they are. Because they're not getting to know God for who he really is. The more time you spend with God and the more time you spend in his word, nobody don't have to keep telling you, don't 
do this or don't do that or you need to zip it. Nobody don't have to keep telling you be angry and sin not. Nobody have to keep telling you these things because you're getting to know the love of God. The love of God will cover a multitude of sin and it will keep your mouth shut when it need to be shut. This is why the church is in trouble. Because it's not enough people in the church spending enough time with God to keep your flesh under subjection. True that? We'll know when to hush the more time we spend with God. We'll know when to leave things alone that we shouldn't be messing with the more time we spend with God. We'll know to quit gossiping the more time we spend with God. We'll know to keep our emotions under control the more time we spend with God. The less time you spend with God, that's when sin come in. That's when the enemy has an opportunity. This is why even Jesus... In Matthew 4, remember when Jesus was being tempted by Satan? After all the temptation, it said, again, he would be coming back at a more opportune time. Satan ain't going to give up, y'all, because he know how the flesh is. He know he can't get to your spirit. But he know he can mess with your flesh, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions all day long. This is why we have to keep our mind renewed um, according to the word of God. If you're not keeping your mind re- re- renewed, that's all of us, then you giving the enemy inroad into your life. He's having a field day. So we have to stay in the word of God. We have to look in the spiritual mirror to know who we really are now that we're in Christ. The more we get into the word knowing who we are, that's how we live. We live according to who we are in him. And it won't be hard to go into prayer with God when we're having difficult situations. We won't have to spend more time trying to get us right before we go to God. You're already right in your spirit. The problem is we spend more time. Help me, Lord. Lord, he done helped us. If we go into God in prayer, most of my time is meditating before God, just just to hear God, to know what God has to say to me. If I'm spending most of my time saying, oh, Lord, help me, Lord. I just don't know how to do this, and I just don't know. That's because we really don't know who we are. The more you know who you are, the better it is. Amen to that one. That was long, but somebody needed it. So we see that the enemy uses condemnation to make us feel guilty, to make us feel wrong, because he really don't want us to know who we really are now that we're in Christ. Go with me to Romans 8, 1. I believe we're familiar with that verse of scripture, and I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. No adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. What this means is, I'm saying the same thing I said before. This verse is not saying God make you guilty if you, um, God don't condemn you if you walk in the spirit and, um, not walk in the flesh. That's not what this verse is saying. God does not um, bring condemnation on you. There is no condemnation in him. But in your flesh, that's where it happens. 
That mean it comes through other people. It comes from the enemy using other people to bring that condemnation. God does not condemn you. God does not make you feel guilty. God comes to let you know that you're righteous. You've been justified. You've been sanctified. You have peace with him. You've been reconciled. Why? Because of Jesus, because of the blood. But God does not condemn no one. He does not. That's why it says, therefore, is now no condemnation, guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ to walk out that does not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. God is not going to judge you. But what he's saying is condemnation come through your flesh. It does not come from God. It comes through your flesh. It does not come from God. And if you're in your flesh, you will be condemned. <laughs> You will be guilty. You will feel wrong. How do I know? Anybody who commit adultery, tell me they don't feel guilty. Anybody who fornicate, tell me they don't feel guilty. Anybody who lie, tell me they don't feel guilty. The, the law is already that you already know these things. So flesh already know these things because it tells you what the works of the flesh is, right? But if you're walking in the spirit and you're walking according to who you are, that's being in the spirit. Come on. There ain't going to be no condemnation because God don't condemn. Come on, y'all. Some people tell you, you got to live a life um, where you won't get condemned. God ain't the one condemning you. We ain't going to put that on God because God is a loving God. He's a just God. So let's look at John 3, 1, 3, 17. And this is going to prove that God don't condemn. It says, for indeed, God did not send his son into the world to judge the world guilty, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus did not come to make people feel guilty or wrong. They already knew that. Why would he come to tell you you're guilty or wrong? You already know that. And I believe sometimes we as church folks, we can condemn people make them feel a certain way. They already know what they did. So what good is it for us to keep telling them, you did this and you know you did it. You, you, you did it. You did it. You, they already know they did it. What we do is we convict them of righteousness. We tell them who they are now that they're in Christ. When they fall down, we build them up to say, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have been justified just as you have never sinned. The just shall live by faith. You have been sanctified. You have been set apart, made holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been forgiven. Come on, is that not building them up? Or do we sit there and beat them on the head? You know you did it. You're going to go to jail for what you did. I told you not to do it, but you did it anyway. So just go and serve your time. Okay, they may go to jail. They may go to prison and serve their time. But yes, that's the flesh part of being guilty or wrong. Because this is what the law does. If you run a stop sign and you're guilty, you are guilty, right? But before God, you're still justified even though you ran the stop sign and know you were wrong. That's just who God is. What God do, he remind you of what's right in his eyes. The right standing with him. That's what God does. He remind you of his way of doing things. He does not make you feel guilty or wrong. Can somebody just take a deep breath now and say, Lord, I feel free. If you don't, I do. 
Because some of y'all been allowing condemnation and guilt to just overwhelm you. Some of us have been trying to please people more than we're trying to please God. And what happens, we, it's a weight that come upon us and we feel like we can never do anything right. We feel like it's always me. No, that's the enemy trying to make you feel worthless, trying to make you feel you always messing up. That's not God. God is a loving God. No matter what we do or how we do it, God's love does not change and he does not make us feel guilty. Amen. Romans 8.34. Listen at this. Who can say God's people are guilty? Condemn, pronounce punishment. No one. Because Christ Jesus died, but he also, but he was also raised from the dead. And now he's on God's right hand, appealing to God, interceding, pleading for us. Who can say God's people are guilty? Because Jesus paid the price. Jesus took on all of our condemnation. He took on all of that stuff on our behalf so we could stand before God righteous. He took on condemnation and he gave us righteousness. There was a great exchange. He took all our sins, which represents that condemnation, that guilt and wrong. And he said, God, I'm going to take all this and now I'm going to give them this. So we should be walking according to who we are now that we're in Christ. When you know who you are now that you're in Christ, you ain't going to want to do what you used to do no more. You will know how to study to be quiet. You'll know what to say and how to say it. So this is why the Lord is bringing tonight to let us know you can go to the Father. Even when you mess up, you can still go to the Father because Jesus is still interceding on our behalf. It's because of Jesus, not because of us. But we do want to get rid of those roadblocks. We want to get rid of those um, things that's stopping us from hearing God when we go to God so we'll know what to do. So there is a difference. Now, let's go to John 8, verse 1 through verse 11. And this is what's going on here. I'm going to read this, but we already know this verse of scripture. It says... Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning, he went back to the temple and all the people came to him and he sat and taught them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. They forced her to stand before the people. They said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught having sexual relations with a man who was not her husband in the very act of committing adultery. The law of Moses commands that we stone to death every woman who does this, who does this. What do you say we should do? They were asking this trick. They were asking to trick, trap, test Jesus so that they could have some charge or accusation against him. But Jesus bent over, stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they continued to ask Jesus their question, he rised up and said, Anyone here who has never sinned, is guiltless, is without sin, can throw the first stone at her. Then Jesus bent over again and wrote on the ground. Those who heard Jesus began to leave one by one, first the older men, elders, and then the others. Jesus was left there alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus rised up again and asked her, woman, where are they? 
Has no one judged you guilty, condemn you? She answered, no one, sir. Then Jesus said, I also don't judge you guilty, condemn you. You may go now, but don't sin anymore. Go and sin no more. This tells you, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Did Jesus condemn her? Did he make her feel guilty or wrong? She was caught. It was proof right there in the pudding. What did he do? Anyone who was without sin, guiltless, go and throw the first stone at her. None of them could do it. Because all of them was guilty of something. But Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world of their sin. So in order for us to go into prayer, we want to make sure that there's no condemnation, no guilt that's coming at us to stop us from being able to go to the Father and ask what we will in confidence according to his word, assurance, knowing that God hear us because we're asking according to his word. I believe the the dealing with prayer, what really stops people from thinking that they're receiving from God is because they feel guilty. The enemy has done put condemnation and guilt over on them, making them feel worthless, making them feel like God is just abandoning them, throwing them away because of what they did. But that's not who God is. So in prayer from now on, quit trying to make yourself right before God. Thinking that I got to be right before God, before he answered me and before he hear me. If you are born again, it is because of Jesus Christ that you can go to the Father. It's because of him and not because of you. So I pray that what I have went over thus far, it has helped someone in here to know you don't have to try to get nothing right if you're born again and you're going to the Father. But... You don't keep sinning over and over again when you know what God has done for you through Jesus Christ. When you know that, you don't want to sin. Spend time knowing him the more. The more time you spend getting to know God, the less time you will be in any sin. And if it's any sin around you, you want to get rid of it. You don't want to do it no more. You want to turn the other way. You ain't even going to want to hang around those people that's doing that stuff no more. And the way you used to talk, you don't even want to talk that way no more. Nobody only have to tell you how to dress. Because you don't want to dress that way no more. You know that there's a difference. So we want to make sure that we're not in condemnation. Because that's what the enemy want us to be in. And we want to make sure we're not condemning nobody else. We let them know what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. And that helped them to know, I don't have to live this way no more. If we're telling them what they are doing, and we keep telling them what they're doing, they already know what they're doing. They already know they're bound for hell for what they're doing. But we want to let them know what Jesus has done on their behalf. There was a gentleman who um, loved the Lord and he loved him so dearly. He won't, Well, I'll give you this. I'll give you this gentleman. I'll give you somebody else I know. He loved the Lord so much and he went to this preacher and he told him, he said, I just love God so much. He said, I got ready, rid of some addictions, but it's one I just can't let go of. And it was smoking. So he said, and by me smoking, it's um, God, I can't get... How he, how he said, I can't get to God because of this smoking. 
And the guy said, you're still righteous. He said, no, I'm not. He said, you are still righteous because it's in your spirit that God see you. He don't see you by the flesh. He see you by the spirit. So he told the man, every time you puff on that cigarette, just say, I am the righteousness of God. Just keep saying, I am the righteousness of God. So every time he would take that cigarette out, he would say, I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. And he kept saying it and saying it and saying it. Then one day he took the cigarette out. He put it in his mouth and he said, I am the righteousness of God and never took another one. There was a lady that I knew, which was my aunt, and she smoked cigarettes. And she was saying, if I cannot be. 100% for God. I don't want to be 99%. I do not want these cigarettes. And I told her the same thing. I said, every time you smoke that cigarette, just remind yourself of who you are. Remind yourself that I'm born of God. So she kept doing it, kept doing it. So we went to a service one um, night, and this prophet whispered in her ear. I didn't know what the prophet said, but she started screaming. She started just hollering and just lifting up her hands. Thank you, Jesus. Just crying. Thank you, Jesus. And that prophet told her, the Lord heard your cry. You are free from nicotine. And she didn't take another smoke. But she followed instructions. So what am I saying? Anything that you want to get over, don't beat yourself up because that flesh is gravitating to it. What you do is you remind yourself of who you are now that you're in Christ. And sooner than later, you ain't going to want to do it no more. Remember, your spirit is what got recreated. Your spirit is what's born again. Your spirit is where the righteousness, the holiness, and all those things are. But in your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And that's where you're dealing with these addictions. This is where you're dealing with all of these things that you don't want to do. But the more you get into the word of God and knowing who you are, I'm going to tell you, sooner than later, you're going to be like, I don't have to do this no more because that's not who I am. Just like a job, when you first start a job and they're training you and you feel like you can't catch on and then the more you do it, the better you feel about that job. And then the next thing you say is, well, I don't have to do this like this no more. You know what I mean? You got it. So the more you remind yourself of who you are, the less you'll be walking in that darkness and you'll be walking in the light of God. Amen. Do anyone want to come up here tonight and say what they have learned from this teaching? And how this teaching have helped. Come on there, Gina. Well, come on. Is that mic already on? I just wanted to share... um, as I was brought up in church, it's just like I said, brought up in church, but not real teaching. And um, I did not know the verse, uh, I'm a new creation in Christ, and old things have passed away. And all, you know, all things are of God. So what I was doing is wondering why wondering why I'm still doing, I don't feel new. I'm still doing the same thing. So condemnation was just tearing me up every time I did something. 
I did not know that it that we were made three parts, spirit, body, and, and my spirit, soul, and body. And that it was my spirit that was made brand new and that I had to uh, read and study and show myself approved so that I could bring that hellish soul into subjection. <laughs> That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Under subjection so that um, the body would line up. Mm-hmm. And once that body lined up, I thought, oh, learning so much. Because, see, I thought that um, I didn't know that there was holiness and righteousness was over there. And I had to do something right here to get. I didn't know that I needed to line up. Um, I was going to family reunions. Uh, and I would tell myself, um, Lord, you uh, made you ordained family before you ordained the church. Now, this is me talking to me. And uh, I would go to family reunions and weddings because those are family functions, right? I was doing electric slides just as hard as anybody. I didn't know I was wrong. I really didn't. I did not because it was family. Now, I knew I couldn't go to a club. I knew not to go to clubs. But basically... If I'm going to go to a family reunion and a, and, and a wedding dance, I might well have been dancing in the club because it, that is not what we should do as Christians is lining up with uh, bringing our flesh under subjection. So I, I just basically wanted to share this. You know, how in the world am I new? Why the Bible keeps saying I'm new? I'm not new. But when you rightly divide that word, then that's when you find out uh, that uh, all things are of God and not us ourselves. Amen. Amen. Was there anyone else? Anyone else? Nobody. I should go any, many, many more. Is there somebody online that want to share? Okay. Okay. While we waiting on them, is there anyone that want to say what they learned from this teaching? Okay. Well, we're going to let the deacons come up, and we're going to do our offering, and we're going to dismiss. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.